Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of Ransom Notes and the subject of a documentary called Ransom Notes. And you can see her on the visual version of this radio show, which is also called Ransom Notes. And uh, and there's a long radio series uh, featuring this wonderful woman. Very proud to introduce your host each and every week, Catherine Ransom. Catherine, how are you? Uh, just fine. It's beginning to look like fall a bit. The weather is starting to drop in temperature a few degrees, so it isn't quite so unpleasant, but uh, we're having a great time. Well, listen, that's that's great. Fall is beautiful around your area. Mine, too, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite seasons, that's for sure. Well, I know the couple of times we've been privileged to come out east and see the tra- train changing, the changing trees uh, as you get further north and further east. Uh, they're so gorgeous, and uh, God does such, has such a wonderful paintbrush that he uses, and I don't know how long it must take him and the angels to get all those leaves painted just perfectly, but they're really quite lovely, and I enjoy them. Yeah, perfect is the word. Uh, what else have you been concentrating on? Well, I, I think maybe that we should just take a, a, a moment, Frank, and uh, uh, say a silent prayer for our friends in New Orleans area, the greater oh. area, oh as gosh. well as all of the people that are in Afghanistan, whether we agree with what they believe or don't believe or do or don't do. They are God's people. And I think just a, just a moment to say, we are thinking of all of them. We're praying for them. We're thinking of their families, and we wish them uh, peace. Um, I, I just think we need to take that little second, and because some parts of our world are just really in in different kinds of trouble. But yes. anyway, uh, I have you ever had, or uh, what's the latest thing on your bucket list? Latest thing on my bucket list? Well, I. I want to do a, a long trip. I'm collecting countries, right? I've been to 50 countries, so I want to get to 100. COVID stopped me, uh, but I have this one 16-country trip of Eastern Europe, so that's kind of there. But, yeah, i, I got a whole bunch of things. Uh, how about you? Well, I've got, I found a new one for my list, and it's designed for seniors, of which I am one. Hmm. And that new one is on my bucket list to keep breathing. Oh, 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 that's a great one. That's on top of mine now that you mentioned it. That's on top of mine, too. And along with it, just to, to rethink about we who are seniors, I ha- I'm a multitasker, which really is pretty true. Yeah. But I can listen, ignore, and forget <laughs> all at the same time. And I'm sure that never applies to anybody who's younger than I am. Yeah, but, sure. So, yeah, me. Yeah, I, I could I, do the I, same. I, I just have never thought of it that way. But, yeah, I can do exactly the same as you. I, I have a feeling there's a whole castle of us that can imagine to listen, <laughs> ignore, and forget almost in the same breath. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you experiencing any shortages of things because of our pandemic and COVID-19 out in the New York eastern coastline, or is that limited to us here in the Midwest? No, we, we have some shortages. Uh, one of the 
one of the things I noticed is at certain stores, especially these dollar stores, which I love. I go in there and I get, you know, shampoo and things like that. Uh, they they put up a sign that says, if you have any coins uh, due to the national coin shortage, uh, we, we would appreciate any coinage that you have or something along those lines. And there was something else. There was some kind of, was it not dairy? It was some kind of, uh, there was some shortage of something that, that's in, uh, in, you know, something. I, f- I forget, but a, but a significant one. And I, I didn't realize it because I wasn't uh, a consumer of that. But the coin shortage, I noticed. Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't experienced it, but I, there have been some headlines to that, yeah. which is really interesting. I guess they want us to use dollar bills. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, wow. anyway, I read a headline the other day that came across my computer or something, and it said, uh, was called Pickle Wisdom, was pickles, tennis balls, and chicken wings there's a shortage of. Can you imagine that combination? Wow. Wow. The other, I know, I know. It's really, it's really sort of crazy. The other night at where we stay here at Concordia, the senior independent living area, uh, one, one evening we opened up our napkin, which contains our silverware, and there were no spoons. And we asked the manager of the dining room, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but we were just curious why they forgot to put the spoons in our napkin. And she said, we have had spoons on back order for months. Spoons, wow. ordinary spoons. We were glad they had a few because otherwise people wanting soup would have had to uh, uh, drink it out of the cup, I guess, or <laughs> the bowl uh, if they hadn't had any. Yeah. But it was just sort of an interest. And a couple nights later, as we were finishing up our turkey, which was on our plate and was delicious, she wandered by and she said, did you notice what was missing on your plate? And we sort of looked blankly and she said, you had no cranberry sauce tonight on your turkey. Mm-hmm. And we realized that that cranberry tasty tangy s- sauce was indeed missing. And it was another thing. They no longer, or right now, can get cranberry sauce. And then we were at breakfast a couple mornings earlier. I reached for the blackberry jam that I like to put on my toast. And the proprietor said, sorry, we can't get blackberry jam. It's just really, really interesting, the kind of shortages. And I suspect that having no tennis balls, there's some athletes that get upset. (laughs) And... Probably there are even some wing lovers. I'm not a wing lover. I know I know some people adore wings, but I prefer the chicken breast or the turkey breast. Yeah. But then I got to thinking, you know, this virus, this isolation, this change in our behavior and our actions probably has brought some unusual and unexpected and often unrecognized shortages. Now think just a bit about it. We've been isolated in our homes or apartments or we've worn masks, we've been less re- we've been reluctant to join large crowds. I think we're starting to be, to have some shortages of love and kindness 
and relationship building activities, yes, they're not as important. As, I mean, they're more important to me than pickles and chicken wings and tennis balls. And then as you think even just a little bit more about it, I think even some of our services at church, we have perhaps forgotten to get everybody engaged. We, we've been isolated. We're starving for friendship. We, and then I read some more about the pickles. And in the fine print was another little statement. It's not the pickles we're short of. It's the pickle jars. And so, wow. you know, all of our restaurants that are dying to have pickles on their hamburger from McDonald's on, they can't get them because there's no jar. And if we take my analogy of the fact that I think there are people that are hungry for fellowship and love and kindness and extensions of help, where are the pickle jar people? It's we, the people, who have to become that pickle jar right. and come back into public, into being built, so to speak, creation, and restore love that can be extended to someone that's lonely, that can hold some words of wisdom to somebody that's discouraged or had a loved one die of the virus. This human pickle jar needs to let love and the Lord shine forth in renewing all of these kind of things. So I guess I'm suggesting today that one of my big wishes is that each of us rebuild our own pickle jar and stop and think, who could I help out in the next 48 hours with some shortage that that person needs? And it might be pickles, literally, that they need, but odds are it's more likely to be that they just need a word of kindness or a card that said, I was thinking about you, or an email that shares with them how you've been surviving during these moments of isolation. I don't know. Do you think you could begin to be an even greater pickle jar, Frank? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no, look, no question about it, what you're saying. And just as you were saying this, I'm thinking to myself, we're, we're all creatures of habits and in and, and, and certain ways, creatures of habit. And if we get into the habit of, of seeing people and and interacting, then you know it it continues almost like a, a flow, like uh, the the rivers, they uh, you know they flow with ease, and that would flow with ease also. That the habit of of walking up to somebody, of dealing with somebody, but when you start isolating yourself, and we were told to isolate, we were told to to do this, and for good reason. I and mean, we're trying to keep people alive. We were trying to stop the spread of a pandemic. It's very easy to get into the habit of doing that once the pandemic is over. And I'm not saying it's over. But the the idea that we are 
obviously there's light at the end of the tunnel and we're seeing and it's better now than it was a year ago. There's no doubt. But we get into these habits and we could easily forget the fact that we used to stop by the lady down the block's uh, house to check on her. And, and as Christians, we would check on, on different people that needed it. Uh, we get out of the habit of doing that. Uh, you know, maybe because uh, because it's just easy, just like that river flowing and, and God's uh, design on creeks and everything. We get into those habits. So you're absolutely right. We have to uh, be the uh, be the pickle jars. We have to be uh, what there is a shortage of. And, and we have to uh, be proactive in stopping that shortage. Wonderful. Wonderful, Catherine. I think. I think, hopefully, that the human pickle jars or human containers of love and so forth, I think that with the start back at school in person and a few more things that are now, even with the mandate more of masks once again, I think at least in the state of Illinois, we're back to needing to wear masks whenever we're out oh, in wow. public. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, because things were you know, starting upward just a bit and schools are going and they really don't want to get it all going really bad. But uh, uh, I think it's just something we need to to watch a little more carefully and think about because uh, we don't want people to starve for friendship or love or kindness or um, go into depression. That's not going to help our, our country at all or, or our friends or whatever. Well, Frank, you know, I tried my hand at cooking now and then. Ah. And I think last week we talked a bit about my tomato soup creation. Yeah. And I took some sauce that my housemate had made to put on our meat. And I turned it into a tomato soup that was, you know, whatever was in the refrigerator you threw into the soup. And, and it was tasty. Well, Saturday morning, this past week, we were up. We were not going to go out for breakfast. We were having it at home, so I pulled off the pancake mix off the shelf and started to stir up the pancakes. And while I'm stirring them up, I noticed that there is sort of a slightly bruised, overripe peach sitting on the counter. Now, you know what I'm going to do with that peach. Yeah. Yep. I decided that I would chop it up into tiny little beets, pieces. I did not peel it because I like the peel of peaches. And I threw it into the mixture and then heated the stove, threw in the oil and poured in some of the mixture with my heart beating rather rapidly. Would this work? Mm. Could peaches go into pancake mix? Well, you cannot believe the ugly mess I had in my <laughs> pan. I started to try and turn one of those babes over. And I ended up with a pile of crumbles that was sort of a, a soggy mess, which the scotch in me would not let me throw it out. So I sort of let it, I stirred it around and sort of let it get cooked up and put it on our plates. And I tried my second shot at making a pancake out of my new creation. This time I put in less oil in the pan and I let it cook just a little longer on the first side. And I was able to flip them over. I held my breath. We put, I got them clear on the, on the plate. 
And, you know, interesting enough, they weren't too bad. Did they look beautiful? They looked ugly <laughs> because I still had leftover crumbs in the pan from experiment number one. But we enjoyed it. I would not have really wanted to have served them to a stranger or even a guest. We ate, we had one pile of crumbles and one reasonably looking, good looking pancake with peaches. Peach pancakes. It even sound you got the alliteration going there. Peach pancakes. Sounds like a it sounds like a hit. Uh, when you said that, I, I've never heard of them before, but it really does sound good and it sounds catchy. Maybe this is something the start of something big. It is amazing, Frank, how many people I put it on my Facebook. It is amazing how many people responded. I probably had more response to this than I've had in a long time when I remember to put something on. And and we'll talk about that in just a couple seconds. But as I'm looking and thinking about my peach flop flapjacks, as I'm calling it, because they did sort of flop, I thought about life. The Lord created you and me and everyone else as a perfect individual when we were born. And then his life sort of creeps along and he wants us to let his light shine out of us. And we do that as a teeny little one. And, and then we begin to mature and get to be a teenager and whatever. And as we're doing that, we suddenly become sort of like my bruised peach. We're a little battered. We're a little, we've had a little hate in our life. We've done a few things that were sort of fudgy and and being honest and kind. We've maybe reached out and snapped at our brother or sister or our friend. We, we start to look bruised. We forget to say thank you to the Lord for, you know, so often he's done so many good things for us, but how often do we stop and say thank you? We, we remember to say, hey, Lord, you know, I really need this, or would you please heal some so-and-so or whatever it might be. But it's, it's awfully easy to forget to say, hey, God, I really appreciate the fact that you helped me have a, a wonderful sleep last night after the night before when I didn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And God, you know, the temperature isn't 98 today. It's only in the 70s. Thanks for giving us a little more air-conditioned life today. So we get, we get sort of spoiled, and our, the original creation of God is not so great. And then the great chef of life comes in and we start talking to each other and he helps us and he forgives us and we he begins to help us change some of our behaviors and we pray and we rearrange some of those bad things in our life and we set goals to be less grumpy and less snappy in our comments and more more reaching out to others and we begin to have a change of heart. And that crumbled person begins to look more like my less bad pancake. Was it perfect pancake? No. But was it better? Absolutely. And then today, as I was thinking about it, and I was looking at my Facebook, I think I had over 50 people respond in one way or another to my comments about my peach flop flapjacks mm -hmm. and in those comments some were just nice and they enjoyed it and you know that kind of nice comments that they make but I began to realize that they were helping me 
Someone suggested I should have put more flour or, or mix into the batter. Mm. Someone else said less oil. You know, if you would let the peaches dry for a couple of hours, they would have not have so much moisture and made your, your batter so... And on and on. They begin to demonstrate to me what I had been thinking about. I need to share and improve and I can improve and I can do better in my life and it's all because people reach out to help each other isn't that crazy yeah. life is so funny just wonderful I it, well it, one of the things that, that that comes to mind as you're saying that is is God in that particular case the Lord is is the chef as you said early on but the, in this specific case where you put something out there and all of these different people 50 different people comment and then people are trying to help and people are trying to give suggestions and brainstorming so to speak all those people are the in ingredients and you in this particular case uh, are the main ingredient right i mean this is a this is a catherine uh casserole this is a cat a catherine pie or pancake or whatever you you want to use as an analogy god is the chef and all of those different people are coming to help you god's sending them i mean they're doing it on their own free will of course and whatever but because you have lived your life as a as a christian people want to help this is an, an example of of making pancakes peach pancakes and and so forth but it's it's like this with everything it it really is if you allow it to happen if you allow yourself to be a, a a christian if you allow yourself to be someone who is uh, is going to be utilized by the lord to help other people right i mean all of those people that you're talking about those are ingredients those are god's and i'm one of god's ingredients you're one of god's and all together he makes this beautiful world and and a beautiful community that interact with each other if if somebody would like to see the picture I took of my plate with the, the crumbles and the slightly imperfect pancake, uh, they can go to www.katherine.com and they will see the picture I took. I know it's crazy, but I took a picture of the pancake plate, and it's sort of fun to look at. And you can chuckle and say, wow, I'm not going to invite her to come over and fix <laughs> our morning breakfast, but we could at least visit and have a good time. I did, though. I did do something funny. You know, you always have people have you rate things on little scales or like one to 10, one yeah. being not so good and 10 being pretty good. So I rated my pancakes on four different scales. I, I rated them first on looks and I gave myself a one for the first pancake <laughs> because it looked yuck. Yeah. And I gave myself a four on the, the, the second pancake that I fixed because it, it, it looked like a pancake yeah. then i rated it on flavor and i gave the one seven that was the crumbles i guess just because it was sort of crumbly in my mouth i don't know because i gave the other one eight was it the best pancake i've ever had in my life no but it was good so i gave it an eight and then 
the uniqueness. I decided I would have a uniqueness scale. And I decided that my first pancake got a, a 10. It was probably the most unique pancake anybody had ever served to anybody in the mm -hmm. whole wide world because it was a pile of crumbs of pancake batter cooked with chunks, little teeny tiny chunks of peach. And they were all crumbled up. And then I gave myself on uniqueness with my second one, I gave it only a five because it began to look normal. It wasn't so unique looking. And then finally, I rated on, would I ever make these things again? Would I repeat? Well, I gave myself a zero, which is off the <laughs> scale for repeating the first one. <laughs> Because a pile of crumbles is not very attractive, and I might as well have been eating puppy food or something oh, like that. Oh, no. And, but I gave myself a six. You know, I think I really would try pancakes again with peaches in them. I just would remember to use some of the suggestions friends said to make them a, a little more appealing. So this was called self-evaluation. And I think we need to do it in our own life that we need to sometimes stop and look at our own life. Was I careful? And am I sharing? And am I reaching out? And all of that doesn't hurt any of us to do that. No. You know, this has been a fun day. I hope you've enjoyed uh, chatting a bit. No, for sure. For sure. We, you, you mentioned something before we started uh, about a friend of yours taking a, uh, a unique trip. And I thought... Uh, oh yeah! I would love to take that trip, and uh, and and uh, you know I'm kind of you, you kind of got me in suspense. Of, yeah, I forgot about that. that. That's yeah. good. I, the a friend of ours sent us uh, a piece about the uh, a new trip out of Denver on a on newly designed cars train cars that was going from Denver and took a a, a long trip. Uh, in up into the mountains and up to uh, uh, to Glenwood Springs, which was about 185 miles, and then the next day it went on to Grand Junction, Colorado, with another 174 miles, and then it went through the next day through Moab into seven miles, and the people got off the bus and they were taken home by bus, and a new group of uh, tourists boarded at Seven Mile and went the reverse way in the train and the sort of the interesting part about this is they had to redesign the cars if you've ever ridden on a train trip in the west oftentimes those cars have the dome car you know where you can yep. sit up way up high and peek out the windows and really observe and they're wonderful and i i hope you've had in our audiences wonderful yeah, everybody needs to have that experience. The problem was that they had to redesign the car because this trip that they were taking, they were going through a whole lot of tunnels. And the tunnels were not high enough that, so that the, the dome cars couldn't go through. So they had to design a new beautiful car with huge windows because they weren't going to put the dome on it on the top. And uh, my friend who is a photographer and a former engineer with uh, the, with the uh, rail, rail lines, uh, loves to uh, go on trips, and he often is the, um, what do you call him, the moderator that, that gives out information yes. over the mic yep. to people that are chatting. And my friend Steve knows so much about the, the trains and loves them and goes 
uh, photog photographing them all the time. Well, anyway, he was on one of those trial runs, uh, practicing what he might say, uh, helping them with appropriate information to put in brochures and taking pictures and uh, was having a great time. So they had trial runs, they had guests, they had pictures. And then I got to thinking, wouldn't that have been great if Moses could have had a trial run with his, to prepare himself and the leadership with the camels or the pass or whatever they were going to need as they left Egypt and went toward the promised land. Wow. Wow. They just had to start out. Yeah. They had no food cars. You remember they were short of food. The Lord had to help intervene and give them manna and quail. Yeah. But I just thought if they had had pictures of some of the dry, arid land through which they were going, it would have helped them know what kind of sandals to wear, maybe. Or maybe they would have remembered to wear their big hat to shade them. Yeah. Or maybe they would have sent a group ahead of time to set up some tents so that as they arrived, there was a nice cool breeze and some shade and maybe even some water for them to drink. But no, they didn't have anything. Yeah. They just had to, Moses just had to hope and follow the Lord's direction. And there was a cloud by night and uh, light by the, the daytime that helped them, cloud by day and light by night to help them move. But how different as they started out on that new dry run. And then I thought, this trip went through Moab, one of the stops as I was reading the fine print, M-O-A-B, Moab. And as I was rereading the section as Moses is leading his people out, I realized that one of the tribes, one of the areas later became the, the territory called Moab, way over in the Far East. Isn't it interesting wow. that Moab was a part of that trip, and Moab was mentioned in, as, as a minor point, but was mentioned in our first run of the new uh, train through the West. Life well, is curious. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. That that's a coincidence. Well, that's a pretty big coincidence. That's not a that's not a usual name. That's a highly unusual name. You know, Moab. The only reason I know about it is from Genesis and uh, Exodus, I believe. Uh, Exodus and um, yeah. I I mean that is that something. Moab, what Colorado? Yeah, it's funny. It's just you know. I just chuckled. I hadn't thought about it. But you know, sometimes, you know, things things just hit your head. And I have this silly head that just thinks of crazy things. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything silly about your head, and I don't think there's anything crazy about your head. You come up with some of the most beautiful stories that that have me thinking forever. And you know, I'll tell you, you you just as you're talking about that and as you're speaking about the uh, you know I, I assume it's Amtrak right Amtrak is the uh, uh, it, it would be the train and uh, I you know they have something called Empire Builder and I think that would probably go into Illinois uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a route and I took my my children on it and we sat in that ob uh, observation car they call it where you you sit there and there's a dome 
and you were able to look out and see nature at its best. And I, you know, I've been I've been to the Rockies, you know, but I've never done a, a trip, a train trip there. But I mean, it is, you know, again, you know, not to be trite here, it's a religious experience. It really is. I mean, to to be there to watch nature go by you, and you know, the the fact that you would tie it into to Moses, I think, is a is a uh, is a uh, you know is a very apt uh, connection. I mean, Moses going on his trek to, uh, you know, to discover a, a new country for the Jews and a, a, a new civilization and, and so forth. And, and, and certainly in the beginning, the, the empire builder, the, uh, the, the trains that uh, were traveling across were doing exactly the same. They were looking for new civilizations. And very interesting that Moab, Moab would uh, would would be in Israel? I think. And, yeah. I think this. I think this uh, uh, trip is uh, under the sponsorship of the Union Pacific. I believe is oh, the gotcha. the company that's that's doing it. If I read if I read collect correctly, but I think if you've never done even a, a one or two day trip by train through the mountain area that you and your wife would thoroughly enjoy it we've we've had the privilege of taking a couple of four we've been on a ski trip that goes back up into the mountains in colorado and we've had a, some other trips on the train uh, when i was really young we went to see my grandmother we would come from Wisconsin area or Minnesota, and then we would go clear across to Oregon and Washington State, and that's a long trip in those days for little kids, but uh, it really is a nice experience. Train travel today is like airlines, is much different than it used to be, and many of the amenities that we uh, used to appreciate on trains and planes have now vanished and that's sort of sad that part sort of makes me think that more of moses and the children of israel they did not have those amenities easily particularly in the beginning when they traveled and they complained about no food and that kind of thing but we'll never start i just to close our day today though have you ever heard of the doggy dictionary I, I haven't, but it's uh, once again alliteration. It's catchy, doggy dictionary. That's uh, it is very catchy. I got three. I got three definitions to share with you today. Yeah. Then later, we might even share some more at another time. You know what a leash is? It's the, now this is from the doggy's perspective. Right. Remember, a strap which attaches to your collar, enabling you to lead your person <laughs> where you want him or her to go. <laughs> a dog bed is any soft clean surface such as a white bed spread in the guest room or the newly upholstered couch in the living room that's a dog bed it isn't that sort of true i don't have we've never had a dog yeah. but my doggy friend my friend who loves dogs after I shared these with her, agreed that they were probably true. And then I love the third one. Drool, D-R-O-O-L. That's what you do when your person, persons have food and you don't. Oh. To do this properly, you must sit as close as you can <laughs> and look sad and let the drool fall to the floor, oh. or better yet, onto their laps. Oh. <laughs> 
whoever wrote these whoever wrote these doggy ones knew dogs. Yeah, they knew my two dogs. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that that sounds exactly like them. If they could think, and I think they can a little bit. You know, they could do a little thinking. They would agree with every single thing you just said. <laughs> wonderful, just absolutely wonderful. Catherine, as always, you've made it so enjoyable. And, uh, again, I don't think there's anything crazy or silly uh, that ever comes out of you, even when it's, you know, it's uh, a flippin', you know, a flippin's the wrong word, but even when it's when, when it's casual and it's, uh, and it's um, I don't know, what's well, the we word? Just have fu- we just sort of have fun sharing. Yeah, you're wonderful. Just, just way to go. Thank you very much, Catherine. And to everyone out there, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. You've been listening to Catherine Ransom and Frank McKay here. Much more important, you've been listening to Ransom Notes. And if you can, binge listen to everything that we've been doing. Watch the visuals. Certainly watch the documentary on Catherine Ransom. She is absolutely wonderful. And, uh, and again, binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. Buy the book, Ransom Notes. Wonderful, wonderful author, Catherine Ransom, is our host each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next week on Ransom Notes.